You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. I'm health editor Dallas Bastian, and I'm joined by Dr. Caleb Ferguson from the University of Technology, Sydney, to discuss the Faculty of Health's experience of transitioning a traditional physical journal club to a social media facilitated club to enhance the student learning experience of evidence-based practice. Thank you for joining me, Caleb. Thanks very much for having me, Dallas. Why did you decide to look at a new way to run a journal club? Yeah, I guess um, this is our experience here at UTS. Um, a couple of years ago, really, um, we we have this um, subject in both um, the undergraduate curriculum for nursing and postgraduate curriculum that's um, called evidence-based practice. And the subject really whereby um, students learn about the importance of evidence-based practice and how to really critically appraise different types of evidence and incorporate that into their everyday practice um, within the healthcare setting. And so this is a really important um, subject for students to get into and to learn about um, different types of evidence, including different study designs and how to interpret um, the different studies that are available to inform their um, practice in healthcare. And um, today, there's been a lot of um, mixed sort of um, reviews in terms of how students actually learn um, within these types of subjects. And um, traditionally, students find these types of subjects quite dry and quite boring. And in fact, if you had to ask a lot of students, um, you know, what was their least favourite subject of, of the whole curriculum? That might be one that comes up, and 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 today, a lot of the teaching with um, around about these subjects tends to be quite didactic within the classroom. And we used to sit with students, um, really within the classroom environment, and um, read different types of articles and go through some of the hallmark, um, you know, hallmark areas of of studies and really discuss and unpack studies around about. The, the design of different studies and how to interpret um, findings of studies and then how to apply these in practice as well. And so as you can imagine sitting in a classroom um, with a group of students reading some papers and, and talking about study design might not have been the most exciting uh, classroom experience for students. So um, there is really a, a sort of need to address how we how we really um, taught this subject and this is also part of our um, university-wide um, teaching and learning strategy to really um, move towards a model of learning which we call flipped learning which includes um, recognizing that students learn in a lot of different ways and um, also outside of the classroom as well and through different types of, um, of digital media as well. The club used Twitter as its primary site. Why was that platform selected? Um, I guess I'm, I'm quite a Twitter fanatic and uh, quite an advocate of Twitter. I've, I've been on Twitter for a long time as a teacher and as an educator and, and a researcher and clinician. And I'm quite uh, pro-Twitter and, and its use in healthcare. And I think one of the, the great things about Twitter is its flexibility. Um, and there's been a lot of um, studies now published that, that use this as, as a medium for teaching and learning um, both within the classroom and, and outside the classroom with students. So we were quite keen to explore 
using this with students and applying that to their learning experience um, inside and outside the classroom and, and sort of really give it a go. And I think that it was met with quite a lot of enthusiasm for the students. Um, and um, I, I guess that they really enjoyed it the first time that we, we um, undertook the activity. Um, and it was really met with quite a lot of positive feedback, which is really exciting to see. How are the clubs run? What what were some of the, the key differences to traditional physical journal clubs? Yeah, I guess, um, and, and I guess really just to sort of lay the foundations as well, I think that this is um, sort of an approach that was quite inspired by um, uh, the We Nurse Twitter chats, which have been around for quite a number of years. And We Nurses is a, a global um, Twitter chat um, community that um, was formed, I think, really back in around about 2010 or 2011 by an agency nurse called um, Teresa Chin, who found her work as an agency nurse was actually quite lonely and she couldn't um, she couldn't really have time to sort of discuss with any of her peers or colleagues around about some of the professional issues that she was facing. So she took to Twitter and, and formed a, a sort of a weekly um scheduled Twitter chat um, using a hashtag, which was We Nurses back then. And it's um, really grown into this global connected community of um, nurses who get together regularly and chat about different professional topics. So that was sort of something that sort of inspired the, the our, our experience here at UTS. Um, and I guess, how did this, um, going back to your question around about how did this differ from a, a typical classroom experience? So, um, so sort of before we, we integrated this and in how we taught evidence-based practice in the past, um, students would really come to um, university and they would have a series of lectures in the morning um, and sit in a lecture theatre and, and listen to a lecturer usually um, talk about different types of evidence and different types of study design. Um, and then in the afternoon we would usually have a workshop, which is quite a sort of typical format for students to experience. Um, whereby students would go into smaller groups and um, workshop through um, the appraisal of a, of a research article. And um, before, teachers have really tried to make this quite an exciting experience for students. So we've really picked very uh, novel and exciting um, research articles. So um, these kind of range from, I don't know, um, um, teaspoons or the, the the, the Christmas uh, BMJ articles that are out there as well, parachutes, um, and and range to things like um, uh, dolphin therapy for depression, which we we sort of selected as something that was quite a novel uh, and exciting and quite a cute um, type of uh, article to to talk about in class, as opposed to some, something more um, boring and dry for students to sort of work through as well. But yet selecting something that was sort of clinically meaningful for their practice as well um, as they graduate. So um, so typically students would workshop through um, a structured um, critical appraisal tool, which is known as a CASP tool. And it's a, a structured um, paper-based or web-based tool um, which students can work through 10 item uh, questions and um, and review this article and, and answer those questions. And we would work with students on a small group activity um, to look at some of the, the really important um, features of a, of a research article and really going through a, a really in-depth um, quality appraisal of that um, evidence. And um, a lot of students, I guess, 
initially they think because it's published it's it's um, fantastic work and should be taken and, and integrated into their practice straight away but as they sort of study this um this subject they do find that you know not just because it's published doesn't mean that it's, it's perfect and that they, they should use that to inform their practice so um so that was sort of how we how we ran that um, maybe a couple of years ago and then we introduced the um, Twitter Journal Club, and that was very much um, quite an experience for students the first time um, that we did this. So there was a lot of um, sort of groundwork um, in preparing students undertaken to um, to ensure that they um, were prepared for that activity, and also remembering that these students um, are master's students and, and they are and regulated by APRA as well. So it's really important that they um, adhered to the, the regulations and the codes of um, conduct relating to social media use um, for registered health professionals. So they were required to go away um, before they attended the class and um, read through a journal article and um, also bring along with them a CASP tool, which has 10, 10 questions. Um, and come to class prepared with a digital device. So that could have been um, something like an iPhone or a tablet device or a laptop. And um, come to class um, prepared to answer these and actively participate in this um, activity. Um, and when they came to class, they also had to have a Twitter account set up and know how to use Twitter. So there was a bit of sort of IT work there to work with students to upskill um, some of them and how to send their first tweet and uh, how to use actually use Twitter, which was really good because um, we also felt that it was good to have students um, upskill in, in digital literacy as well at the same time, which was great. Um, and then myself as a lecturer um, took on the role of a Twitter chat moderator. So whereby um, in the class, and the first time we did it, we actually did it physically located in the class. So the students were actually in the classroom on the digital device and answering these questions. Um, and so the chat took um, about 75 minutes, the first um, activity, and I would announce a question um, onto Twitter and on the public forum and use a hashtag um, for students to re respond to. So it's very similar to um, if you watch Q&A on the ABC and, and people are using a standard hashtag and they can monitor that hashtag and contribute to a conversation on, on Twitter, which is made public. Um, and so I would engage with students and um, using the hashtag and I was actually physically located in the classroom as well. But I wasn't there. There wasn't any much verbal activity within the classroom. Um, this, the classroom is probably, um, to describe it, it was quite a, a very strange um, sort of culture within the classroom because everyone was very focused um, and focusing their attention on the task and on their digital device and and but yet very focused um at the task and not not chatting within the classroom so it was really nice to see them fully engaged um with this activity for that length of time and um, we also had some additional um IT support and some additional lecturers within the class because we had about 60 students participate in our first um experience and um, they were there really just to troubleshoot any device problems or IT issues with sending tweets or so on. But we asked the students not to actually discuss the, the methods or the design or the appraisal of the literature they were working through um, on Twitter as, a, and, and as an alternative to really 
talk to me on Twitter using this this medium. So that was the first time that we used that. Um, and the beauty of it was that um, we, we sort of announced one question every sort of five minutes, and students could engage with each other and the lecturer through this um, medium. And then after that, we were able to storify a transcript of the whole chat and place that into our um, Blackboard or our learning system. Um, which is online, so that students could go back and refer to that at a later date as well. So um, overall, the students found this, like um, the first time that we ran this, was an amazing experience and um, quite a unique learning experience for them. And um, not only did they find it helpful in, in learning about evidence-based practice and the critical appraisal of the, the research, but also um, in how to use Twitter for nursing and for healthcare and um, to keep abreast with some of the research evidence that's out there. So it was quite well received. And would you say the mode of delivery was successful and, and something the, that the Faculty of Health will move forward with? Yeah, certainly. So I think, um, I, and I guess that in, in the paper that we've published, we've also um, published some sort of reflections, I guess, as, as um, academics that have used this sort of novel approach um, to get students to engage with evidence-based practice. And I guess there's a, a few sort of cautionary tales and they are probably around about um, that Twitter is an open public forum and um, that I guess that students need to be careful about what they what they write on Twitter mm-hmm. as well and, and risk managing this whole sort of um, public, um, I guess, um, exposure on Twitter um, needs, to be, needs to be carefully thought out and planned as well. Um, We've since done um, subsequent um, Twitter journal clubs and actually based outside of the classroom. We've done a few more in the classroom as well. Um, and they've been met with mixed success. We've not made them um, mandatory uh, learning experiences. So these are additional opportunities for students to engage um, in the subject and, and with this activity as well. And um, originally in the first experience, we had 60 students participate in that classroom environment. And we've probably done about um, four or five of the clubs now um, outside of the classroom. So people are are notified um, when the chat will be on and provided with the resources and the materials. And I'll still log on. Um, uh, The the second chat that we've done um, I actually did from an airport in, in Madrid and managed to facilitate um, this from, from Madrid. So it was eight o'clock at night on a Wednesday night here in, in Australia and I was, it was morning time in, in Madrid and yet I was still talking with about 20 students um, around about a paper um, from the airport. So it really broke down that sort of geographical um, barriers and boundaries to sort of communication and and it was a really still an instantaneous way to chat around about a topic um, which was really well received and then student feedback really has been really really positive around activity um, and also ratings and rankings of the of the individual subjects students have found this a really fun and innovative way to to learn and I guess also upskilling them in something that they thought um, might you know Twitter that typically is used really maybe to follow the news or politicians or sport or celebrities and um, but 
people might not often think that it can be used for um, professional use and to keep abreast of evidence and, and engage with your um, professional nursing colleagues and other associate, associations and, and so on. So they really find it quite um, interesting as an introduction to how that can be used um, professionally as well. Earlier, you mentioned the the Twitter-based discussion group, We Nurses. Uh, So do you hope that some of these clubs will be used by students in the future when when they move out into the workforce? Yeah, we we certainly give them a lot of um, resources pre and post the chat. And I think that's something that's really important for other academics that are considering doing something similar within um, their curriculum. Um, and I guess, I guess we really follow up the chats quite well in terms of providing resources and the transcripts and so on for students. And, and um, I guess there's a lot of role modelling as well from academics in terms of what is professional use of, of different social media um, to make sure that students are sort of uh, are learning about the professional um, obligations and, and professional practice that should be extended into that digital world. Um, we sort of we do introduce them to um, to we nurses as well, and 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 that's certainly something that a few of the students were quite um, keen to explore as well. And these are open um, chats. That are, as I've said, are, are global chats. They they originate, I guess, from from the UK and from England, um, and they range in in topics, um, and they can be from things like. Um, handover and communication to professional issues around about um, uh, it could be um, there was a, a chat just the other week about um, nurses in the UK losing um, grants and and, um, and scholarships and so on for their study and um, they also range from things like um, pressure injury um, and the use of um, uh, oxygen or, or different uh, medical um, devices and things to um, regulatory issues as well. So they're quite lively chats and they follow a, quite a, a structured format as well with um, it being a one-hour um, chat. And that transcript is available on the um, We Nurses website um, shortly after that chat as well. They're very well organised and um, if it wasn't for the time delay, I think I would um, would uh, participate in them quite a, quite a lot more often. Um, I think in the future also as well, there's... Um, great opportunity here um, for interdisciplinary um, collaboration. So um, We Nurses really started with, um, as I said before, Teresa Chin um, as an agency nurse, but the We Nurse community is now growing and we now have um, We GP chats and uh, We Health Visitor chats and I think We um, Paramedic chats as well. So it's great that there's been other disciplines now keen to adopt um, similar um, structure and and use Twitter for um, professional discussion about um, some of the issues within their their individual professions. But I think um, moving forward, it would be great to host these chats um, with other disciplines. And certainly here at UTS, that's something that we're looking to explore um, around about having chats, um, not just for for nursing, but also bridge across um, health services management and public health primary health care and pharmacy and um, midwifery as well. So it's, it's um, really exciting that in the future that they might also be quite um, an interdisciplinary focus. Thank you for your time, Caleb. Thanks very much, Dallas.